0: Hi, I want to talk to you about pets today. The pets of our stories. Pets emerge as this significant theme um, for many third culture kids. Not because our experiences of them were all identical. As with any theme or pattern that emerges in the third culture kid experience, our responses to that are as, as individual as we are. But there is this thing around pets. They're significant to us. They're significant to our stories. And because of the mobility of our childhoods and the cross-cultural nature of them, our relationship with animals just bears thinking about. It interests me. My relationship with animals interests me because I spot the differences between Mine and the approaches of my non-TCK peers and anything that interests me, I want to share with you because I've got a feeling I'm not the only one who's a little bit out of step, perhaps, or who just has different experiences because of the mobility of my childhood. So I was in Camp nopats for many years. I grew up in a family who was not animal mad, um, but the reasoning that we were given for the no pet rule growing up was that we moved around too much and it would just be too complicated to consider rehoming, um, to consider the care of the animal. And the phrase used most frequently was it wouldn't be fair on them, as in the pets. I think in reality, it was also a certain it wouldn't be fair on us, the parents who have to care for them. Other families did it differently. Other families had perhaps more help that they thought. Oh, do you know what? We can have more pets. We've got house help. We've got guards. We've got we've got staff that can help care for these creatures. Um, why not? Why not have a menagerie of animals? Um, other families perhaps were more had parents who were more animal orientated, and so. The cultural um, experiences of a lot of TCKs growing up was that while abroad, they perhaps had quite a number of pets. Um, They perhaps had access to animals that they just wouldn't have had access to in their passport country. Monkeys, parrots, lizards, snakes, um, donkeys, horses. Perhaps the status or um, financial difference Um, in their living situation just meant that these animals were more accessible materially um, than they would have been in their passport country. Um, And so they could have them. They could enjoy these creatures. They could add them to the family. And growing up with pets was perhaps absolutely the fundamental element of their childhoods. Where friendships waxed and waned, pets remained. And that matters. These pets become a constant. They become a regular feature, even perhaps if the pets themselves have to be lost um, and a new pets join the family, the presence of animals becomes significant as a kind of running thread through our story. People talk about pets as company, as something to care for, which gives us as children this sense of power, um, where perhaps in the rest of our lives we feel a certain powerlessness. Um, People talk about doll play. As being an opportunity for children to practice those skills of empathy and care. To practice also the projection of their own fears into that doll where they can more easily care for it. How many of you have spotted a child saying, no, 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 we can't do that. Dolly's scared of that. The child is scared of that. But by asserting the doll's fears, they can care and advocate for that dull in a way that is more accessible to them than doing it for themselves and it's the same with animals when we have pets we we can put some of our own emotional world into theirs and we can also relate to their emotional world in a way that is not verbally reliant for a lot of tck's moving cross-culturally or perhaps moving across languages Pets become these cross-cultural bridges where we can learn a different language. Cats communicate in the same way, the same body language, whatever country that they're from. And that can be a deeply reassuring experience for us as children. Dogs, similarly, will respond the same way to us. Now, having said that, like nothing, you can't make these broad sweeping statements without certain caveats. I grew up terrified of dogs because the country in which I was raised did not treat dogs as pets so much as guards. So dogs were trained to respond to people in a different way. I experienced them as quite frightening. And they were often kept hungry. Hungry and not overly fond of people. It took a certain amount of training for me to learn that dogs could be related to in a different way and that's worth bringing into our wonderings around the role of pets in our stories as well. While pets can be these cross-cultural bridges and these constants for some of us our relationship with animals was required to go through this translation process when we moved country just as much as our relationship with people. My parents tell a story of taking me to a petting zoo. You've you've probably come across these in your own countries as well where you go and it's not quite a zoo because they're domestic animals but there's rabbits, there's guinea pigs, there's probably chickens perhaps even a very small donkey. And uh, and you engage with these, with these pets and you can maybe pet them. Um, and it's all very cute. Well, introducing this small TCK into that scenario was a little bit of a nightmare as it turned out because I walked around noting how much meat there was on all of these animals and how many dinners you could get out of them. That was my cultural understanding of rabbits. And chickens. I'd never seen such fat ones, and uh, and they looked good to eat. Um, that was my cultural world. I couldn't. I had not come from a place that would feed them just for fun. They were food in my mind. So I had to relearn how animals and Domestic animals particularly were related to in my passport country. I learnt that I couldn't, for instance, go and visit a friend and remark on the healthy size of their rabbit um, without getting certain odd looks. Pets are culturally experienced as well as all of the other things that we encounter growing up. We talk about language very often. We talk about education. We talk about loss. And of course, pets come into this bracket too. We talk about all the friendships, all the cultural jars, that jarring experience of just getting it wrong, the faux pas that we make. But we don't talk about pets very much. That pets are a culturally filtered experience as well. It makes a difference to us. These pets make a difference to us. And for a number of my clients, having pets in adult life has been a significant experience too. Having a pet seems to imply. Stability, commitment to time and space. Having a pet says, I've arrived and I can provide a home for a creature smaller than me. Having a pet means company, affection, play. Having a pet is having a relationship. And that's a new experience for me as an adult TCK because I didn't grow up with pets. I didn't grow up with them and kind of shunned the notion for a long time. All wrapped up in my sense of I don't know how long I'm going to be in this house. How can I commit to a pet? And in the last few years, I ended up... um, Rehoming a cat. This cat might have featured in a few of my blog posts. This cat is Jack. Jack the cat. Misgendered as a kitten, so she is a she jack. And Jack is not what I expected. I had bought into the stereotype around cats as being fairly aloof, very independent, would probably spend all day out of the house and would come back for food and a bit of a stroke, and ultimately we'd just sort of coexist quite happily. That would be fine. I was kind of emotionally just about able to conceive of that kind of commitment. Turns out Jack thinks she's a dog. Jack is claiming her place as a family member. Jack wants more than the occasional cuddle, and Jack would like to follow me around the house perpetually. Jack has a much more complicated emotional process than I ever expected. Turns out, Jack is a character in my story. She's an active player. If Jack's in a bad mood, the whole house is in a bad mood. And that was quite a challenging encounter for me. A lot of us as third culture kids think in quite independent terms in regards to our stories. We define our stories, we hold the lines around our stories, we make the decisions for our future chapters. Introducing another element that has its own opinions is a thing. And it's just a cat. But it's also more than that. It was for me. This cat and caring for it was a commitment to space and time and longevity. It was more than that as well. It was a commitment to not knowing. I can't predict what she'll need in the future. I can't predict how she's going to interact if our living situation changes. I can't control this Element in the same way. And this echoes what a lot of us feel about our human relationships too. It's not unusual for us as TCKs to feel anxious about long term, particularly romantic relationships. Because it turns out they get a say in our story and that hasn't always gone well for us in the past and we might have to leave, surely, or they will leave. And how will, it, how will we cope if they've had a say in our story and then they leave with whole chapters of it Either on a much smaller scale? On a much smaller scale, owning a pet is accepting an element of the unknown. How's it going to work out? Are they going to be who I thought they were? Are they going to need what I thought they needed? It's an interesting arena to consider these questions and processes. But ultimately, they are an opportunity to love. Now, if you're listening to this, you probably have an affinity to pets, to animals in some capacity. And so I'm preaching to the choir here, aren't I? But if you are listening and you don't, feel particularly drawn to creatures of the four-legged variety or the feathered kind, then maybe consider instead if there's anything that you are avoiding or anything uncomfortable about the notion of pet ownership. Not to persuade you to have them, but to just dig a little deeper to see what's going on there for you. Is it just you don't like animals very much, or you don't fancy cleaning up after something that's never going to do the washing up in return? Because I get that. Or is there something stuck there around commitment to space and time, to the unknown element of organic relationship. To those of you who can't have a pet and who long for one, perhaps there is a workaround here for you. We aren't all in a position to own pets if we want them. Are your neighbours dog owners? Can you offer to walk them? Are there volunteer opportunities at a local rescue? Can you crochet or knit blankets for that rescue, even if you can't have direct contact with those creatures? Is there a way of feeling like you can draw in the, the significance of pets to your story? Because that's part of your identity too, isn't it, as an animal lover? And that identity will shake without reinforcement. How can you do being somebody who loves animals, even if that can't happen through direct ownership right now? How can you perform that identity in a different way, whether that's fundraising, whether that's volunteering, whether that's just helping out a neighbour? Is there another way in to being that part of you? And of course, pets do this other magical thing, don't they? They connect us with other people. When I became a cat owner, suddenly I found out everybody else who was cat owners just by banging on about my cat. We bonded on a whole different level through... Shared irks and frustrations, how do you keep them off the kitchen sides? But also through just a shared enthusiasm or interest. Pets connect us with people. It's never just pets. Anything that wakens something excited or affectionate within us, is an emotion that stirs in other people too. When we feed our own identity, when we pay attention to our own story, we can more easily connect to the stories of others. And pets can become that bridge for us because we share those experiences and those feelings with other human beings with whom we might have very little else in common. I think that's that's all I wanted to say, really. My ponderings on pets. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye.